Hello and welcome to the Work of All Being podcast. I'm Amy from The Wellness Strategy and I'm your host and sometimes just the person you're going to listen to talk. We have a range of episodes. If you haven't already dived into those, please go ahead and do so. But what this podcast really is about is giving you insights into different things that support well-being that perhaps we don't always think of. We have a range of guests who are going to broaden our understanding and experience on what well-being actually looks like, especially in the workplace. And I too will be sharing with you tips, insights, strategies, and just my overall thinking and ramblings. So hang out with us as much as you can, learn as much as you can. And if there's anything you want me to speak of or a guest you want me to interview, absolutely let me know because this is the work of well-being, which means all of us are here together to do the work that matters most so you can have a thriving, fulfilling life both in and out of the workplace. Hey, Em. Hello. How are you? Nice break. Oh, well, you'd think so. Full disclosure, first episode, and it has taken us, what, two months to do this? I think so. I think we've pretty much done the episode by voice note. Yeah. yeah. What a shame you just can't download those and upload them because that's pretty much what our life has been in the last two months as we've talked about doing this and then we've made meetings and just got on here and chatted and actually haven't pressed record. But today is different. <laughs> yes, and nonetheless, they have been wonderful sessions. So thank you for that. But let's actually get into what we're doing here today. Yeah, absolutely. So being our first episode, just to give it some background, this is going to be a monthly drop on both of our podcast platforms. Um, We'll be talking about all kinds of things to do with education and teaching, leadership, even some of those taboo topics. Yeah, it's pretty much just real talk about education, right? And I think these topics can get, well, the reason why they are taboo is because there is a fine line, I suppose, isn't there when you're talking about this sort of stuff? Because Sometimes there is plenty of blame attached to these topics. And so I suppose we're just shedding light on the topics and having a professional discussion about it. And so we can't wait to hear your feedback and also, yeah, talk about the things that you want to talk about. So if you do have anything you want for us to discuss, um, pop our emails in the show notes and you can hit us up and Yeah, I can't wait to dive in. Before we dive in, though, if people haven't listened to our own podcast, um, they probably don't know who we are. So let's do a bit of an intro. Amy, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Oh, does that have to be a little? Because I've kind of got a lot to say. Can I say a little? So if if you don't know who I am or you haven't stumbled upon my own podcast or any of my work, uh, I have been a teacher and a school leader for what feels like a long time. I actually started teaching in 07 and I went straight from school into university into teaching and loved it. I absolutely love teaching as a career in a profession. I realize there are not many of us saying that at the moment. Again, one of those taboo topics, we are really happy to talk about how rubbish the job is, but actually it's a great job and there are aspects of it we're not languaging or identifying or recognizing. And I certainly have not forgotten those things. I now don't teach anymore, which is really sad. There's a part of me that, you know, I'll be honest, often, I think because my partner is a teacher and my sister is an LSO and studying teaching, there's a part of me that looks at that and thinks, I wish I was going to school today or I wish I got to do that with my students. Or, you know, I talk to my partner about lessons that he's planning and I think, that's going to be so good. And that's why we teach. Those moments that really make us feel 
alive and fulfilled. And yes, there are so many other things in the job right now that pull us down. And that's kind of where I come in with the work that I do. I taught in London for three years. So um, 2011, 12 and 13, loved every minute of that, but worked super hard. When I came back to Australia, I went back to the same school and I noticed that my colleagues whom I'd worked with before were getting a little bit more tired and worn out and things in the system had kind of amplified or maybe um, become a little bit more intense. And I always seemed to be okay with the workload of teaching. It wasn't until one of my school leaders pointed out that I had a way of working that supported me to have a life both in and out of the classroom that many didn't. And maybe I should think about sharing that. That was the first step into doing what I do now. I had many different paths, many different business names, many different blog names between then and where I am now. But what has happened is over time is that's really evolved into focusing on well-being for educators and teachers and school staff and also looking at how schools are structured in terms of how they operationalize tasks and how they organize their day with a lens of does this support our staff? Does this support them to be well, work well, teach well, team well, lead well? Or does this actually get in the way of all of those aspects? And that led me to, you know, start the wellness strategy, which is around, you know, what I talk a lot about well-being, but well-being is our state. So how we feel, our, our state. Um, and wellness is about those daily actions, those daily habits, the things that we do to support well-being. So I'm pretty big on action and strategy. And that's what I do. I, I run PDs, I consult in schools, I coach, I run courses. I do all kinds of things to help individuals, groups, teams, leaders, whole schools look at how are we supporting the well-being of staff and what do our strategies enable us to do or not do. You're a bloody whiz, aren't you? <laughs> so I've said that a few times. <laughs> uh, that was, so I was mesmerized by that and I, I know you pretty well. <laughs> but I just think how I'm just so grateful for people like you in education. And similarly, I love teaching and have not left the profession due to burnout or hating you yes, know, my same. life as a teacher. I absolutely love it. And I still am in the classroom from time to time. But my experience um, has been 12 years going through as a teacher's aide and then a teacher in primary, um, both lower and upper primary, and then heading into leadership and supporting new teachers and um, yeah, looking at well-being and learning support for the whole school, which I absolutely love. And, uh, and then I had my daughter, so I left the classroom for a bit, went back teaching and yeah, I think after being in my leadership position, just feeling like there was something more like going back to the classroom as much as I absolutely love it. I just felt like there was so much more I could do in education. And so like you, I'm trying to inspire and, and empower teachers to yeah, take control of their well-being and their knowledge and the gaps. Oh my goodness, this is why I'm supporting new teachers because there are so many gaps, and no wonder teachers go into the profession feeling pretty wobbly because you don't learn a lot at university. And so, although that is, is spoken about a lot, and I know that some teachers are feeling really nervous, um, the work that I'm doing now is enabling teachers to feel excited going into the profession to know that like you you can actually thrive at work and also thrive outside of work as well and have a huge impact on children so I speak a lot about emotional intelligence and adopting a non-punitive trauma-informed approach and so I support 
teachers and pre-service teachers and soon-to-be teachers aides and emerging leaders around, um, yeah, emotional intelligence and classroom management and just bloody enjoying the job and yeah. having fun with kids and stripping it back. I think that is something that, it, like, teachers become overcomplicated and there's so much noise. Like, no wonder teachers don't know where to focus their efforts because it's just become overcomplicated, don't you think? I think it's become... Um, like anyone can kind of tell you how to teach now. It doesn't matter whether you're a, a graduate or a university student or an experienced teacher, you just jump online. And if you get a following or you get someone that watches what you do, you are all of a sudden informing how people, how educators operate in their classrooms without even realizing it. Um, I feel like that could be a whole episode in its own, but that oh, mate, wait, don't get me started on that today, please. Like, <laughs> let's reserve that for another one. But that's why it's noisy, right? Because. Like when I started teaching, thank God there was no social media. Um, I struggled even just with the noise of what was happening in other classrooms, just looking at my, my teaching partner or my colleagues around the school walking around. I didn't start in a big school, you know, 300 or something students, really nice size. Actually, I think all schools should have less than 500 students. Um, and so not a, a huge amount of classes, like it was a, um, a primary school. I don't know if we maybe had 12 classes, a really good size. But that was noisy enough, walking around and looking at teachers who had been teaching five, six, seven years and going, oh my goodness, look at their classrooms, look at what they do, look at what they know. How Am I ever going to be good enough? Will I ever know how to do that? Uh, will I ever seem to have it all together? Thank goodness there were no social media influences because I feel like that really would have added to the stress of already trying to figure out a job that I really wasn't prepared for. Um, it's huge. I just put a post up about that on TikTok. Some of the stuff I've seen on TikTok lately ran behavior management and classroom management. Like it's absolutely ridiculous and not evidence-based at all. And it just, yeah, leads teachers down the garden path. And then they go into their classroom and try and implement these strategies and go, what, you know, why isn't this working or what's wrong with me? And then all the stories come up. I'm not good enough. I'm a bad teacher, blah, blah, blah. And it's just so not true. So yeah. It was so much to chat about like this. like resources you know like one of the biggest mm. that we battle with as educators is finding resources for our students and so what do we do we jump straight online or we buy a pack of resources that someone has created because you know it must be good for them so it's good for me but in actual fact what we need to be doing is saying what do my students need and finding things to match yeah. that rather than what yes. would or like what's the first resource yes. I find that I like and designing a lesson around that as opposed to designing your lesson for students and finding a resource to match. We seem to be like doing it. It's all backwards, isn't it? All mm. backwards. And I think that yeah. adds to the pressure of it's got to look good rather than mm. actually be good for what actually effective. Yeah, yeah, I think it's because of the quick fix thing too. Like everyone is so overwhelmed and then so they just want something quick to solve their problem. But if they... If we focus our energy on pulling back and going, okay, I'm just going to go slow for a bit and actually map this out and plan it properly and get ahead, then we don't have to be reactive. We can be proactive. Yeah, yeah. I think that's happening in every aspect at the moment. I don't know about young UM, but I often talk to teachers and mentor teachers who are kind of at that point where they're like, I just can't keep doing it anymore. It's too much. Uh, yeah. And what really comes through for many of them is they are living in that reactive space. You know, it's like, oh, I haven't even planned my lessons for tomorrow or I haven't got my resources. Mm. Or sometimes I'm cutting out and organizing resources for one lesson whilst teaching another. And that doesn't even make sense to me. And so, so much of 
The work we do really centers around being organized, having those systems, being able to time manage well. Uh, yeah. Difference between what being productive is and actually what just being there and doing nothing looks like. Like just because you're at school first and leave last doesn't mean you're necessarily productive or doing a great job. And so there's so many, that, that's not what we're taught at university. We're not taught how to, we've got so much autonomy over our time. We're not taught how to manage it well. Oh my goodness, 100%. And even if, yeah, if you are a beginning teacher and you have five periods a week where if you don't have any idea or a system as to how you're utilizing that time, like all of a sudden, and that's what I hear often is like, oh, my relief, you know, off class is always either following a student around or doing this or doing that. Like, no, we have to put in boundaries and say, actually, this is my time where I need plan. So let's set up some other systems so I'm not having to be pulled away from this planning time. Hugely, hugely. There's a, um, in, in my work, I, I do these things called beneath the surface days and I collect qualitative data for schools. I interview staff on what's impacting their wellbeing and ability to work well, um, what ideas or strategies they might have, and also what is already working well. We need to acknowledge that too. But some patterns I've noticed, um, over the last 12 months really are around teachers are craving and actually like really screaming for that uh, structured, uninterrupted time to do deep work around planning yeah. their teams and to be supported through it. So they actually can leave mm-hmm. and feel like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing in my classroom. I feel like it, it used to be that, but the increasing demand, I don't know. I, this is funny because I often, when I hear like teachers say it's the increased paperwork load and the admin, and I try and get to the bottom of what that actually means. And sometimes I don't think teachers can tell me. No. I would agree. Uh, I absolutely. So uh, when I do work in schools, I actually say we're not going to use words like um, I'm super stressed or the work is overwhelming or there's too much work. Yeah. I really push, as the name suggests, to get beneath the surface on. Be really granular with that because if you can't specifically name what's causing stress or causing overwhelm or what that workload is, we can't change it. We can't fix it. No. And so and then it becomes a story. A it's pattern, just a story it? then, right? And exactly. then, so then your brain's like, oh, yeah, I'm stressed. I'm definitely stressed. So then our physiology matches that. But if we can That's find right. causing the stress, we can look at the systems behind it and change it. Or maybe yeah. it's a thought process or maybe um, it, it's a habit that you're doing. Or maybe it's something you're doing that you don't actually need to do. Yeah. So that's <laughs> more do, like we, we actually have to stop saying the job's overwhelming, we're burnt out, we're stressed. And also I have a little bit of a thing about um, you're not burnt out on a Friday. That's not how burnout works. It's actually a real condition. So we need to be aware yeah. to what language we're using to describe how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. Some stress is normal. So identify what that is um, and be really clear about whether or not you're in a space of tolerable stress. Life is stressful. The point of well-being is not to never be stressed. It's totally yeah. okay to feel stressed. That's life. Uh, mm. But when we're talking about burnout, that is actually beyond long-term chronic stress. And so we should yeah. be using that as like a normal thing. You, It's something that you'd be seeking medical help for because it severely impacts your mental health and life. And we're not, all teachers are not burnt out and we don't get to the end of the week and go, oh, I'm burnt out. We've got to be really careful about the language and, and how we use it so that yeah, how it impacts our thinking and behavior. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah. It is. It's so generalized, isn't it? And same with like, you know, when people say, oh, I'm so OCD or using the word I'm a perfectionist. All those types of words. Yeah. I can't let it go because I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. I feel like 
is the first episode and we've already discussed so many different topics. I know, we'll have to go back and listen to it and pull out all the things and do one episode on each. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. I think that we have um, given a little bit of insight, though, into what these episodes are going to be like. Um, Yeah, I can't wait to dive in. It's going to be great. What do you think we should start with? What should our second episode be on? Oh, so many things. Um, I wonder... I mean, we're going to try and do this monthly, right? So if you've listened and you have something you want us to unpack, like that taboo topic, maybe you only talk about with your teacher BFF, like your best your best friend next door to you or a colleague that you have, or maybe you talk about it to someone who's not a teacher because you don't quite know who to say it to. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. What would you like us to Yeah. <laughs> um, amazing. All right. Let's wrap it up because we could be on here all day talking. Oh, damn, we can. I've got the things I've been procrastinating on. You know, I've got to go to me too. All right, mate. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, Em. See you soon. Okay, so it's not quite the end. We couldn't wrap this up without giving a shout out to our socials. So please make sure you head over to Facebook and follow us at The Wellness Strategy with Amy Green or join our exclusive Facebook group, The Wellness Strategy Collective. You can find us on Insta at underscore The Wellness Strategy and also head to our website to find out more about us and subscribe to our weekly newsletter at www.thewellnessstrategy.com.au. So much gratitude. See you somewhere soon. Let's do this again.